Hello, EB Online Church family. Wherever you may be, thank you for making us part of your day. We really appreciate you being with us. And welcome to our new series, Coming Together. It's all about how each of us is created for community, created to do life together, created to be in relationship with others. If you were able to be with us last week, you might remember that we discovered that from the beginning there has been a human-shaped void in the heart of humanity that no substitute can fill. No money, no achievement, uh, no busyness. God himself will not even attempt to be that substitute. Instead, his answer for man's loneliness is to provide humanity with the blessing of community. It is God's desire for each of us to be connected to others who are both the same and different. After all, we were all created in the image of the God of Scripture who exists in community, Father, Son, and Spirit, existing both dependent and independent of each other. Now, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're the life of the party or a wallflower, whether you're a thinker or a feeler, you were created for community. And the separation anxiety that, that you are currently experiencing, whether due to our current health crisis or, or just because of the season of life in which you now find yourself, that anxiety is real. We feel better when we are together. So I hope you're able to share some little Debbies with friends over Zoom this past week. Now today I want us to think about how we can participate in this beautiful dream of community with actual real life people. We have an inner desire and need to be connected with others. But let's face it, some of those others are just difficult to connect with. In fact, there are some others that we would just assume not to be connected with at all. And often, those others live under our roof. Now, some of you just went, preach! And you offended half the people in your room, right? In these last few weeks, if you have been sheltering at home and have wished that you could shelter at work or shelter at school, shelter at a neighbor's or the Holiday Inn Express, or, or even shelter in a van down by the river, anywhere but sheltering at home with your family, then this lesson's for you. Now, here's what we all need to understand from the beginning. Every family is weird. It's true. It's not just yours. Every family watching today has their own quirks, habits, and idiosyncrasies that, while it all may seem normal to them, from the outside, it looks very strange. But the weirdness that I'm talking about is actually something that's much more serious. Scripture tells us that we all, like sheep, have gone astray, and that everyone, everyone has sinned we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Each of us, because of our sinful desires, has walked away from God's normal. And it's this sinful weirdness that causes us so much trouble in our families. But before you think that, that your family broke the weirdness mold, have you ever noticed how many messed up families there are in the first book of Scripture? Hey, let's take a quick PG stroll through Genesis, all right? Cain is jealous of his brother and kills him. Lamech introduces polygamy to the world. Noah, the most righteous man in his generation, gets drunk and curses his own grandson. Lot gives his daughters to the residents of Sodom, and in return they get him drunk and conceive his child. Abraham plays favorites between his sons, Ishmael and Isaac. They become estranged. Isaac plays favorites between his sons, Jacob and Esau. They become bitter enemies for 20 years. Jacob plays favorites between Joseph and his other sons. The brothers want to kill Joseph and they end up selling him into slavery. And their marriages? Well, they're disasters. Abraham sleeps with his wife of his servant, then sends her and their son off to the wilderness at his wife's request. 
Isaac and Rebekah fight over which boy gets the blessing. Jacob marries two women, but only cares for one. Jacob's firstborn son, Reuben, well, he has an affair with his father's concubine. Another son, Judah, has a one-night stand with his daughter-in-law when she disguises herself as a prostitute. And she did all this because she was childless since her first two husbands were so wicked that God killed them. <laughs> and you thought your family had issues, right? Now we wonder, why are stories like that even in Scripture? Well, I believe it's because the writers in your Bible are trying to establish a deep theological truth. Everybody is weird. Every one of us. We all, like sheep, have habits that we can't control, past deeds that we can't undo, flaws that we can't correct. We are a sinful people. And when you combine our sinfulness with our quirks and our habits and our idiosyncrasies and, and then put all of that under one roof for six weeks of sheltering at home with only limited ways to social distance from one another? Man, it's like WWE meets WWF and let's get ready to rumble. Can I get an oh yeah, right? And yet there is this yearning, this longing to connect and to love and to be loved. Pastor and author John Ortberg says it's the fiercest longing of the soul. Our need for community with people and the God who made us uh, human. Well, it's just like food and air and water. That need will not go away even in the face of all the weirdness. As frustrating as people can be, it's impossible to find a good substitute. Edward Hallowell, a senior lecturer at Harvard Medical School uses the term connection when speaking of the basic human need for community. We need face-to-face -face connections. We need to be seen and known and served and, and do the same things for others. But how do we connect with others, especially members of our own family, with, without hurting or getting hurt? Good question, right? It's one porcupines have been dealing with since the beginning as well. The North American common porcupine has around 30,000 quills attached to his body. And each quill can be driven into an enemy and the enemy's body heat will cause the microscopic barb to expand and become firmly embedded. The wounds can fester, affecting vital organs, and can even lead to death. I mean, there's a reason that porcupines are not found at your local pet store. But come to think about it, it's actually pretty difficult to find a porcupine at all, right? Other animals are found in books and movies. Pigs, mules, spiders, dolphins, bears, even killer whales are celebrated. Even skunks have Pepe Le Pew, but I don't know of a famous porcupine. And if you do happen to see one out in nature, I can almost guarantee that he's going to be alone. I mean, think about it. What do you call a, a group of sheep? A flock, right? And how about a group of cows? A herd. And a group of fish is a school, and I bet, I bet you even know that a group of crows is called a murder. But what do you call a group of porcupines? There's no special name, because they travel alone. How do you get close? How do you connect without getting hurt? It's the porcupine's dilemma, and it's ours too. You see, every one of us carries our own little poisonous quills. Our barbs have names like rejection, condemnation, resentment, anger, envy, and selfishness, and get too close to us, spend day after day under the same roof with us, and somebody is going to get stuck. We hurt, and we're hurt by others. And if you didn't realize it, we're all somebody's porcupine. The good news is, 
that relationships do happen for the porcupine. Each fall, a young porcupine's thoughts turn to love, and one porcupine will share space with another, and they will become friends, but dinner and a movie can be a risky proposition. And yet porcupines learn to keep their barbs to themselves. In an image that's too wonderful to be made up, porcupines will actually stand on their hind feet and they begin to, to rot back and forth in this dancing motion. This dance of a porcupine is a way to demonstrate to any would-be friend that they're not in danger of getting stuck. The porcupine is saying, I'm not going to stick you and I'm trusting that you will not stick me. Maybe each of our families should learn that dance. It's actually pretty easy. In fact, you can practice it right now in your own living room. Hey, you don't have to stand up and start rocking back and forth. You can, but it's not required. All you have to do is start putting Jesus' words into practice. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Hey guys, it's that simple. Nobody likes to get stuck by another's anger or selfishness. No one enjoys being yelled at or talked down to. And I don't know of a single person who wants to be cheated or lied to or made fun of. You don't like any of these things. So why not stop treating people in ways that you yourself would not appreciate if the tables were turned? Instead, demonstrate to your family that, that you're not going to hurt them and, and that you are trusting them not to hurt you. You want respect? Then share some. Desire the benefit of the doubt? Then don't jump to conclusions. Wish to be heard? Begin by listening. Need your own space? Then why not acknowledge the space of others? Pull in your quills and, and start dancing by treating others the way that you would like to be treated. And since for centuries people have gotten all dressed up to go dancing, let me encourage you to clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Hey, we were made to do life together. But each of us has a weird streak that's just a mile long. Don't allow your sinfulness to destroy the beautiful community that lives at your address. To Christian families worshiping and homes spread across Rome, Paul wrote, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You know, it could be that you need to have a come to Jesus meeting right there in your living room. These last six weeks have been filled with more emotion, frustration, fear, and pain than, than any of us could ever have anticipated. And it could be that, that you have responded to all the chaos through actions or words in ways that have injured those who sit around your dinner table. Why not say you're sorry? Admit that you've hurt and have been hurt. Laugh, cry, go ahead and hug it out. Commit to treating one another like you wish to be treated, like God has treated you. Start a dance party right there in your living room and begin coming together in, in, in a way that honors God and, and brings peace to your family. Can we pray for your family? Can we pray for your home? Why don't you join me in that prayer right now? Father, for all of those who are watching, 
I want to offer a prayer of peace, a prayer of understanding, a prayer of forgiveness, a prayer of patience, a prayer of a prayer of just being able to come together to say, you know what, I I hurt and I've been hurt. A prayer that will give each family the courage just to be honest with, with how they're feeling and what's been going on over these last few weeks. And Father, I, I pray that within each home today, there's going, to be, there's going to be this spirit of being able to, to put our arms around one another, to be able to, to hold one another close, to say that we're sorry to offer and accept forgiveness. Father, I pray that there is going to be love in each home that is watching. It's easy for us to stick one another. It's easy for us to go around and, and cause damage to those that we want to be the closest with. Help us instead, Father, to treat others the way that we would like to be treated. Help us to treat others the way that you have treated us to have the same attitude, to have the same words, to have the same heart and spirit as your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, you've given us a beautiful community that, that lives under our roof. I pray that we would do all that we can to improve and to maintain the unity that is that community and to have a family that will bring honor and glory to you. For all of these families, we pray your peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys, for the benefit of everybody's health, we're going to continue online and we're going to be right back here again worshiping next week. I hope you will join us as we discuss lessons learned while sitting around Mama's table. It's Mother's Day. We'll see you next week. <laughs>